Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. This is Gary Neron welcoming you to the Lamp and Light broadcast, coming to you from the studios of Central Baptist Church in beautiful Ocala, Florida. Lamp and Light is a ministry, taking a book of the Bible verse by verse, teaching as it is to men as they are, without compromise or apology, speaking the truth in love, and our purpose is to give the lamp and light to all. Yesterday in our study of Hebrews chapter 10, we were discussing the meaning and significance of the raising of the hands during a church service. Let's continue with that thought today. Now, here is our teacher and pastor, Dr. Andy Bloom. Let me just add that this, many times you'll see people lift their hand in a church service as somebody sings or preachers preaching. They just, they like something the preacher said or somebody sang and they lift their hand up in the sky. Some men may even lift two hands and you say, what does that mean? Does that mean amen or boy, that was a good one? Uh, what does that mean? Well, throughout the time. When you look in the Bible, as well as you look in our American courts, what are we doing in the American court? We bring up a witness, and he puts a hand on the Bible, and he lifts his right hand, and what does he do? Solemnly swears to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. But he's making a promise to tell the truth, and he's holding his hand up to it to suffer the consequences if he doesn't. In the Bible days, we see them holding up hands. It was the idea of making a vow. They did that when you see the angel, for example, with both hands lifted up in in Revelation 10. That's a vow unto God. You're saying, now, what what are you getting at, Pastor? I'm just saying that, no, it's not wrong to lift the hand in church. But just understand you're making a vow to God. And so don't be foolish. As Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 4 through 6 let us know, defer not to pay a vow. So the preacher's saying, yeah, I want God to make a witness out of all of us. And you say, amen, and you raise your hand. You've just vowed to God that you're going to be a witness. Now, that's a good vow to make. preacher stands up there and says, each of you should need to get $1,000, however you can, and give to the church. And you say, yes, Lord, praise God. That's what ought to happen. You raise your hand. You just vowed to give $1,000 to the church. He said, well, that's not what I meant. No, but that's what your action showed. So, so my friend, make sure, make sure that... When you're doing something like that, it's not for show because it does have a meaning to it. And I think the Lord will call many into account for this. Now we go on. The Greek word here for faith denotes hope and desire. That is hope and desire of good with expectation of obtaining it. Why? Because he, the Lord Jesus Christ, is faithful that promised. Now, faith is used here because it has the idea of security and confidence. In other words, don't leave the life of commitment to Christ. We have a sure hope and promise because Jesus Christ 
who made the promise is both sure and faithful. That takes us to without wavering. That has the idea by context of not going back to the former ways, which here is speaking of Judaism. They were not to lean back to that old way. Christians are to endure without wavering. You know, this 21st century in which we live is filled with quitters. A person doesn't like their marriage, they quit. They sign a contract, but then they see a better opportunity elsewhere, they break it. They join a church and get their feelings hurt, they quit. And whether it's a marriage, a job, or church, it seems like the word of people means very little anymore. It seems rarely that you'll find a person that their word is their bond. And yet, that ought to be true of every Christian, that their word is their bond. Now, the exhortation is to endure because we are assured of the faithfulness of the one who gave the promises concerning his son. Now, we're not talking about feelings. Feelings change. The most shallow part of your soul and spirit are your feelings. Now, let me say that again so there's no mistake about it. The most shallow part of your soul and spirit are your feelings. If you live life based on feelings rather than the sure word of God, you are a totally shallow person. If you want a faith and church for the purpose of making you feel good, then my friend, you are one of the most shallow Christians that there can be, if indeed you are a Christian. Now, in our optimism, as a result of his faithfulness, the next thing we do is consider one another with purpose. Verse 24 says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Consider has the idea of attentive, continual care, but also it has a strong sense of perceiving others. The idea is to get our eyes off ourselves and view the needs of others. Some, as we would think of the words meditate, would meditate and dwell on their own perceived problems and needs. Well, we take those things to the Lord, and once you take them to the Lord, leave them there. Why Why do we got to carry it with us throughout the day once we've taken it to the Lord? And don't lose sight of the fact, this is speaking of within our local fundamental church. It is that by context and by language. So this is then asking us to have attentive, loving eyes on our brethren, not making it always about ourselves, and not looking upon them to attack them, rather to look upon them to attend, to pay attention to their spiritual welfare. And may I add, 
asking Christ to show you what to do and then help build them in the way of Christ. You're not attending, paying attention in order to have fodder for gossip, to feed your own critical spirit of them. Rather, you observe to see how you can be a help. For example, you may find out that you really don't need Joel Osteen in order to feel good. You don't need CCM in order to feel mainstream. You see, these people used the word to build their faith and confidence. Why? Because they knew the issues of life are settled by the word of God. So our consideration is to provoke one another unto love and good works. Now, isn't that interesting? He doesn't say consider one another to mentor them. Consider one another to lord over them. No, we consider one another to edify them. And to encourage them unto love and good works. Now, it's easy to stir up hate and godless works. That's really easy to do. It takes much more to provoke to love and good works. Gossip and causing others to doubt one another is actually easy. For example, you say, well, guess what I heard about Mr. So-and-so. Boy, all you got to do is say, guess what I heard about Mr. And man, you've got their undivided attention. This is the person that may not be fighting with you or anyone else. But they know what the fight is about, and they go around and feed both sides. You know what he thinks about you? Then go to the other side. You know what they said? Don't get me wrong. Accusations should be dealt with. We should not overlook one if another says, so-and-so are living in adultery. Then we must go to that person. And if it's true, we need to deal with it scripturally until they repent. But a witness is someone who under the protection of those government people that are present gives testimony to the wrong or whatever it was they witnessed. The person who says, did you really think they should do that? And they said in a matter to cast doubt? Or they say something like this, well, they said the right thing, but they don't do it in love. Well, this is what he said, but that's not what he meant. Those are people to avoid. Why? Because they are a cancer. They need to either be saved or they're just in bad need of repentance from their carnality, their bitterness, or whatever it is that has them in such a backslid condition, although they remain, quote, 
religious, unquote. Now, the word provoke means to incite or stimulate. Let us consider one another to provoke, to excite, to incite, to stimulate. Now, often we think of the word provoke in a bad sense, of provoking us to anger. The idea is whether it's good or something bad. You are trying to incite them to do this. For example, the Bible tells us, provoke not your children to wrath. That's basically teaching us, do not teach them to be brawlers and argumentative. It is not about, you may have been too hard on your young ones. Hard to one is laughable to another. You call that hard? No, when, when they say, provoke not your children to wrath, some say, oh, that's being too hard on them. No, that's not what it's talking about. Provoking, inciting them, stimulating them to wrath, to be a brawler, to be argumentative. This is your radio pastor, Pastor Andy Bloom, saying, May the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway today. We want to thank you for listening to the Lamp and Light broadcast. If you would like a CD copy of today's message by Dr. Bloom, send us your name, mailing address, and include the radio station by which you are listening and the date of the broadcast. We would appreciate a gift of $5 to Lamp and Light broadcast, 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34471. You may also visit us on the website and freely download the sermons by clicking on the sermon library. That website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. Again, the address for the Lamp and Light broadcast is 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, O-C-A-L-A, Florida, 34471. And again, our website is www.centralbaptistocala.org. This is your announcer, Gary Neron, saying, May God's peace be with all that are in Christ Jesus. Stand so the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible.